it's a little frosty out this morning. Yeah. So uh, be careful when parking, because while we do have the caveat that, uh, you know, snow, frost mm-hmm. gives you a little bit of leeway, AJ McCall on VFX, they end up on park nerks at this point. It's gone, uh, it's gone mostly beyond just double parking. I mean, last week we had one, but it was the irony of parking in the DLD and being like, this is good. This is fine. You'll never know. Like nominee number one this week, if you haven't seen Park Narcs, pin to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. She's the red curb. It's a red car. Red plus red. Yep. Duh. There it is. And it's in the way as well as the entrance to that parking lot. And then, of course, cannot cannot go very long without having the south part of that valley, that famous parking lot that is just awful. Who you make the rules? Yeah, I, I guess it's a like a choose your own adventure story. It's almost like a, a game of hide and seek, to be honest, because it's like with the way they are there, people park in spots, and as long as it looks convincing, you're like, this is a perfect hiding spot. Yeah. No one's gonna know. Yeah. Problem is with this one, we agree that this white uh, cross track SUV, whatever it is, a little bit blurry, but whatever, it just parked in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could make the argument maybe that black, it looks like an Audi, uh, is not parked where it's supposed to be either, but that the the white SUV is just in the middle of nowhere, in the absolute middle of nowhere. Yeah. So go and see which one annoys you the most. Vote, and if you see terrible parking, of course, send it to our social media as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX. There is a potential fight being put on for charity, and, you know, whenever you get the uh, chance to have a discussion about maybe, just maybe, slapping a celebrity in the face... <laughs> How can you pass that up? You can't. Especially if they're doing it for good. They at least deserve a shout out because these two seem like wholesome people. Yeah. If it's for a good cause, of course you would maybe embarrass yourself or subject yourself to a little bit of harm. For sure. I mean, heck, I've got a mullet for charity before. Yeah. AJ, go ahead. We're talking like itty bitty little harm. No, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That was like ego harm. Yes. Yes. AJ McCall on VFX. But uh, in a recent interview, Zach Brown of the Zach Brown Band said uh, or challenged Jason Aldean to an MMA-style slap fight, oh. which, of course, should raise a couple of questions. Like, all right, hold on. Is there something here we're missing? And he said, no, no, no. No, of We're good not. friends. I just love the MMA. I think he'd be good dead down to do it. And it's for charity. Fair's fair. I mean, they're both big dudes, if you are unfamiliar oh. with them. Oh, yeah. So that being said, anytime you start getting physically uh, harm or physical threats or you fantasize about physical harm to celebrities, the question becomes, all right, who should it be? Because I tell you, right off the bat, right off the bat, the Paul brothers, I mean, have basically cashed none of this for themselves. That's why they went into boxing. Correct. And I got to be honest with you, the only reason I think those pay-per-views work, they've had some name value attached to them, is because people want to see them get knocked out. It, uh, it's very much that. <laughs> well, that being said... What celebrities would you pit off against each other? Because let's not forget, once upon a time, was it Bieber challenged Tom Cruise, right? Yep. To a once upon a time kickboxing or just boxing? I don't remember. Street fighting. Something. I don't know. Some, we were something. All like, Bieber's not going to win. That. Yeah, we were like, Bieber, where? <laughs> he are you? might win now. Homeboy, what are you doing? Where, uh, where are you coming from? Tom Cruise does his own stunts. I, I, I think he he does a little bit of trading. He's he, he's going to win. He's yeah. going to win. Yeah. That being said, for charity, McCall, you got to talk him into charity. It's how you sweet talk him into it, right? It's, Good PR, tax write-off, whatever. Let us punch you in the face. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Open, I, it's slap, sorry. I MMA don't wanna, slap yeah, fight. I was like, we're not punching anybody. MMA slap fight. You know who, who? I would love to see is 
like Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake because they're hilarious together. And I think the commentary of it would be very entertaining. You'd have to mic them up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think it would be hilarious to watch the two of them. See, I went the complete other way. I just saw a video the other day with her again. Uh, can we put, well, like, she'd do it, right? She loves a big, whoa, whoa, wiki. Put her literally anywhere that something physically harming can happen to her. And I think the charity numbers would shoot through the roof. Probably. Through the roof. <sighs> can they do a concert in between? Like Zach Brown and Jason Aldean? Just, I right, hope we're gonna so. Take a quick, we're going to take a quick slap fight. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my eyes are a little swollen up right now, but we're going we're gonna to do this right now. We got we to do a little bit of a grounding exercise here. Hold on. Stretch a little bit, a little ice on the face. Fun fact, uh, Zach Brown is actually one of the artists I really most want to meet because everything I've heard about him is, one, he's a sweetheart, which helps. Yeah. But two, he loves to cook. Mm-hmm. So instead of meet and greets, he does meet and eats. And how are you going to turn that down? How are you going to turn that down? He's a cool dude. Yeah. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to meet the guys from Old Dominion. I think they're really they're cool. Just, yeah. But I feel like they're really like... You could get on their wrong side, and they'd be like total D-bags. And then you're in a slap fight. And then you're in a slap fight. Yeah. For the record, Jason Aldean, seen him, seems nice enough. I think I could if it was like charity. I don't, not that I would actively seek him out. I, I don't think I could hit I don't think I could hit Zach Brown. I don't no. think I could. I couldn't bring myself to do it. No. Uh, AJ would recall on VFX, look, we all acknowledge when we go out in the world, there's some stuff that maybe we thought or were told, <clears throat> parents, that wasn't corrected, and I finally was like, I'm not going to Google it because I'm terrified. I'm just going to ask, do dead people get up for like 10 seconds? Because I was told a ghost story once upon a time, but I wasn't sure if it was real, so I just asked the, the world in general. AJ McCall on VFX, look, we've decided that all of us are equipped at some point with information our parents instilled in us, maybe for convenience, maybe to be cruel. And then they maybe forgot to hit the factory reset on the way out in the real world, and then you have to crash and burn to reboot the system when you say something stupid like, corn and potatoes aren't vegetables. Right. Guilty. Yes. When I was a kid, I used to go to this after-school program. It's called the Hannah Center. And it was just this place where you could have a snack, do your homework, and kids would hang out just to give parents a couple extra hours, right, to get off the work day. Yeah. And had to have been Halloween, I would guess, but once upon a time, there was a guy that worked there who told the story... And he said, uh, do you guys know what actually happens at funeral homes before funerals? Of course, we said no. We're like 10, if that. And he said, well, uh, his uncle, I believe, used to work at one. And one, one day took him in the back and apparently showed him that there's still, no matter what, 10 seconds left. He said, you can pull away and there's 10 seconds where someone will sit up, something will happen. And then lay back down. There's just 10 seconds of life that's in there somewhere. That's crazy. That comes out at some point before it's finally gone forever. Crazy. Terrified. Like funeral homes, not fun to be at to no. begin with, right? Forever. I was like, okay, say less. That's it. Gotcha. Totally know it. Because how would I know? I was ne- never a profession. It was never once like it was like work in a funeral home and just watched it go by and never return. It was never going to be something I wanted to do. Didn't interest me. Wasn't going to ask a question, mortician, none of that. Right. Now- as a 32-year-old adult and not a probably 8-year-old kid, I feel like that's ridiculous. But I've never said this out loud before because I never used to believe in ghosts or aliens or any of that, too. And I'm, we've been in an argument like the last two weeks because AJ doesn't believe in them. He doesn't believe there's one in the studio. That's He's insane. Yeah, that's it's crazy. He is. So, getting the obvious out of the way first because someone sent us a message was nice enough to share their funeral home story since we're on the subject. That's, that's wrong, right? There's no way that's true. I have no idea. 
Ah, now she's gonna float in my head. That it's true. That it just there's ten seconds of people just sitting up and then being. Uh, I don't care for it. Six eight two five five. The number to text. Start your text with VFX. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. The message we got. Uh, growing up, my grandpa ran a funeral home. Oh boy, I don't know where okay. this is going already. Perfect. Uh, they lived in an apartment above it. Yeah, people do that. My brother and I would play hide and seek on the casket display floor. In fact, my brother would always hide in the casket. He'd close it. I'd open it and find him laying there completely still trying to suppress laughter. We'd even get up in the middle of the night to go down to the parlor floor and see if dead people were really dead. I'd convince my brother that they were breathing. This is this was totally normal to me. What? Hard. At, I cannot emphasize diamond level hard pass. Yeah. Mm. Scary. <laughs> I don't like any of that. I don't. I don't like that. I think I've just somehow re-solidified my fear of funeral homes. Where's the scariest place you play hide and seek? Uh, probably there. Funeral home? Yeah, or like doctor's yeah. office. I don't care for this. We played in a graveyard once. I don't. I didn't care yeah. for that. We did it I, one time. Mm-mm. Yeah, I used to live next to a graveyard, so I wasn't really like too scared of that. But mm. Mm. I don't like this. All right, funeral homes terrifying. Just so we're clear, kids don't go near them. No. Luckily, we were able to get into contact with Troy, who works at a funeral home, who's going to finally answer my question whether I could put it to rest or just be absolutely terrified completely for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb, AJ, to give in to a story you heard when you were a kid. But the thing is, we exist in a world of unknowing so much. Oh, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, AJ can argue with us, AJ McCall at VFX, that he doesn't believe there's a ghost in here. But the truth of the matter is he doesn't know because he can't prove it. And I know that's annoying, but it's facts. Yep. And so we exist in a world. I didn't believe in ghosts. I didn't believe in aliens. I 100% believe in ghosts and aliens now. Uh-huh. So luckily, Troy is here to help me deal with this whole story that I heard that I never figured out if it was true or not. So, Troy, first of all, how long have you worked at the funeral home? Been there for about five, six years. And I must say, I in all my years of experience there, and I do pick up the decedent, uh, I work nights and weekends there, and uh, I pick up the people that have passed away, unfortunately, and uh, bring them back to our funeral home. And I must say, I have never had any experience that you're describing. Oh, so luckily good. for me, <laughs> I've never had anybody move or twitch or do any of those things. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, once they've passed, they've passed. It's, I was talking to my director about that one day just to see, because he's had 30 years experience, and he says even in his 30 years, he's never seen anything weird or bizarre like that where people sit up or you know seem like they're still alive you know once they've passed they pretty much have passed i mean so. logically <laughs> i i came to that conclusion and thank goodness right because who you would hate to have to explain to the family why you know uncle's got a yeah. black eye because i mean that dude sits up just letting the hands fly <laughs> yep i think i would be freaked out pretty much myself too if that really happened but thank you troy yeah. all i'm gonna say is two things one if a dead body was able to possess someone, that's exactly what they would say. Two, even if it wasn't, if you were a funeral home, wouldn't admittedly, like logically, you wouldn't tell people that, right? Because then maybe people would storm the funeral home to try and to be part of those last 10 seconds when you want to keep that kind of a secret. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. Just throw it out. <laughs> thank you. No, seriously. Thank you to Troy for calling and sharing that. And now this ridiculous rumor can be laid to rest. Yeah. Unintended. Yeah. We're going to get the three crazy headlines from the McCall Taylor coming up in about seven minutes for Florida. Not going to give you a chance to get entered in for the float we're doing for floating sensations. Uh, ironically, now I realize that going from talking about caskets and funeral homes to be putting into a sensory deprivation tub. 
Not the cleanest of segues in terms of imagery, but hey, it, McCall went and did it, said it was great. It's, She's still here. Yeah. I really want to go try it again. See? I, I do. It's so, it was so cool. What you need to know is that Florida is nuts, and I think you can track all crazy stories to there. That is the crux of insanity. For the most part. Because, like, how can it be a joke? Like, everybody knows who the Florida man is, and Australia catches some of it. But for what it's worth, and they've been shut down, AJ McLeod, VFX, but they didn't stop Florida while we've been dealing with COVID. Like, we've n- heard nothing, nothing from Australia. Because for, for a little while, yeah. The home of crazy is Florida. Yep. Three headlines, please. Okay, headline number one. We've got a guy that got pulled over, then fled on foot with a chocolate cream pie. Gotta go. Pie, steady the pie. Get to run away. Get to well, run away. You got a holiday party you really want to get to. You got to get there. Well, yeah. I mean, it's only October, so there's story one. Story number two: 35 year old guy got arrested on Monday for allegedly threatening the life of a woman. He didn't say anything. It was all through sign language. So, I wonder if that's intimidating. Uh, yes, it is because he said, "I'll kill you." So, I mean, just the motion because. Like, I wonder what the hand motions well, look like. I don't want anybody to actually tell me. No, the full the full, full situation of this, very much intimidating. Once we get the full story, you'll know. You'll know. All right. And then, story number three, doctors had to remove a... This guy's not really, like, a criminal. He's just stupid. Um, <laughs> remove a small cell phone from the stomach of a patient who swallowed it several months ago. Why? I don't know. It's unclear. <sighs> but it's like one of those old Nokia phones. Well, so that's the, that's the only thing that could survive. Those Nokia phones could survive a bomb. started vibrating, and he was like, what's that? So there you go. Three crazy stories. I think we can all reasonably accept the fact that the Nokia phone would 100% survive in someone's stomach. Those things are indestructible. Yeah. AJ McLeod, VFX. The real question is, how do you get it down? Like, because they're... They they thick. That's the, the that's a great question because the doctors and the patient have no idea what the backstory is. <laughs> the patient knows what the backstory is. The patient isn't disclosing the backstory. Come on. What what are you smothering that in, Jill, to get that one down? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it is. All right. Uh, three full stories, please. All right, so we've got story number one. Some guy tried to flee from the cops on foot last weekend while carrying a Marie Callender's chocolate cream pie. Uh, <laughs> just balancing on one hand. I knew all these years of waiter training would pay off. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he ended up getting caught um, because he was holding the pie. Yeah, he followed the smell of delicious pie. No, it just took him way too long to run because he was trying to, like, you know, not smash it. But the pie being held for him until his release. Oh. That, that's, that's I nice. I mean, I, I doubt it, but sure. Yeah, that's, At some that's point, nice. be like, nah, I'm going to break. The local sheriff says the pie, quote, appeared to be extremely important to Mr. Cole. So it's being placed with his personal belongings <laughs> and will be so. kept safe as possible until his release. <laughs> uh, that made it worth it. That made that whole story worth it. Then be like, we're going to protect this pie. We'll protect cost. it. Yep. So there's story one. Story number two. 35-year-old guy got arrested on Monday for allegedly threatening the life of a woman. He didn't say anything. He sent her a video of himself relaying the threat in sign language. I'll kill you. Okay, I'll kill you. Quote. Seriously? Yeah. The man is deaf. Uh, he thought the woman was stealing his mail because they were dating at one point. That's the threat. Like, that's the threat you give over. <sighs> yeah. So the landlord filed an eviction lawsuit against him. So his Recently. ex-girlfriend... And his ex-girlfriend for non-payment of several months of their rent of $1,340. So, anyway, they 
he he figured that it, it was her fault that he was steal she was stealing his mail, which was why he couldn't pay rent. What? Okay, no. So reasonably, how much how much stuff do you get in mail that's actually important? Like realistically, uh, like five percent. Yeah, there's like three days of the month that I'm like, I need to get the mail because I'm getting paid today. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah. Stupid. So anyway, there's a... What an idiot. Yeah, there's story two. Then we got story number three. Doctors removed a small cell phone from the stomach of a patient who swallowed it several months ago, quote unquote. Unclear what the backstory is. He oh. said he had abdominal pain. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I wonder if that worked as a good uh, little, little lower back massager when it... I mean, if you sit down and vibrate, it texted, right? Yeah. Because... Correct me if I'm wrong. As, as sturdy as I remember those Nokia phones being, they also were like super loud. And when you oh. had them on vibrate, they're like, yeah, they were they were very loud. Um, I gotta be honest, this this cell phone looks disgusting. <laughs> didn't expect. Looks pretty gross. I didn't expect it you should look- see the picture of the the doctors though, because there's like twelve of them, and they're all smiling very largely. Like, well, look what we did. So there you go. Three <laughs> no, crazy stories. It. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, that being said, Jill, uh, I, I, I think story number one is quite hilarious. Maybe I, I, I hate the fact that I'm going to say this a little bit too logical because you want to protect the pie. I mean, wouldn't be, wouldn't be the top of my priority list if I was running away from the police, but I don't think the craziest thing. Three, the, the, the swallowing, like, does that necessarily floor? I mean, because we had the dude that swallowed metal like a week and a half ago, and that dude was in Europe. Uh, so by process of elimination, too, because stealing mail, which who gets anything important in the mail anymore, and doing it in sign language adds a whole weird element to it. I mean, what do you think? I'm going to go with two. She liked number two. Okay, we're going to go with sign language, and if I could, I would sign to you, is it story number two, but I'm not able to, so i just got to ask. It is. Congratulations. Yay. We've got Yay. you qualified for the float at Floating Sensations. Hang on the line, and we'll grab some info from you, okay? Oh, cool. Do you know Do you know any sign language? Uh, a little bit, not a ton. I know cookie. I know milk. I know thank you. I used to I know, know thank milk. you. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, dude, the dude was deaf, right? So he's used it for a while. Because all I was picturing when she said the headline was, "Homeboy went out of his way to learn it, no. just strictly to threaten this lady." I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not how the, that's not how those apps are supposed to work. No, jerk. No. Congratulations to Jill. She wins Florida, not on VFX. How often do you get to applaud memes in a professional setting? But they have made COVID, the whole situation, slightly better. So, yes, we've got to applaud the memes. Yeah. Thank you, almighty and powerful meme lords, because you truly are making the world a better place. Yeah. And at great risk, because several of the ones that I follow on Facebook end up in Facebook jail at some point or another. AJ and McCall on VFX. Uh, Apparently, though... So the stress of uh, the pandemic drove people to drink more last year. It's not a surprising statistic, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But researchers found that uh, people that shared a bunch of COVID memes post-COVID found that it made the stress of the whole situation just go down. People became less anxious. Later on, people were asked then that saw those memes, you know, as we got through the later stages of what the train wreck that was last year, how they felt about it. And they said with the memes... They were coping a little bit better. Oh, good. So the study says how power it shows how powerful humor is and how it can reframe the way we feel about stuff, even something as serious as a pandemic. Yeah. So memes changed stress levels and made people have 
I want to say fonder memories, less stressful memories of the whole pandemic, which made it in their mind less uh, burdensome yeah. to think about. Memes. Memes. You know, I think that's actually quite reasonable. Well, I mean, we already decided a while ago that memes were the best source of, of information you could probably pull off the internet in any given situation, mm-hmm. consistently at least, because mm-hmm. memes is great. So, uh, you know, something bad happens, you got to give it a little time, right? You got to cope with it mentally at least a little bit and then meme about it. Yeah. Funny memes and then done. Problem solved. So thank you yet again, oh, and powerful meme lords. <laughs> the, the, the annoying thing is, is, like, the great thing about being able to text gifts mm-hmm. is that you can text them to people and you can find memes in those services as well. But it's so hard to explain a meme. I know. Like when we play Facebook roulette, like ideally we know what each other's talking about. And I feel like we've seen most of so it is. But it's so it's still like if I don't, if I don't have any idea what you're sharing, mm-hmm. it just it just doesn't have the same impact. It's so tough. To, I, you, you get your meme generator, start texting them left, right, and center. Yay, memes. Yay, memes. I have joined a cult. Actually, I think I'm late to this cult, but I am 100% all in all the time. Uh Uh-oh. And I think, honestly, bad news, I think it's a gateway cult, too. Okay. Like, all of a sudden, I'm going to be stocking up on a lot of different home appliances. Ah! Welcome to the party. (laughs) I know. I told you I was late. Don't be mad, Mom and Dad. I've joined a cult. I acknowledge it. Oh, great. AJ McCall at VFX. The real problem is this is a gateway cult, because I know it's going to lead to me purchasing more and more and more. And I'm okay with it. Okay. I am tied. I fully admit I'm 100% part of the cult of the Crock-Pot. I'm on board. I'm all about it. Crock-Pot is such a, such a time saver, such a life saver. It's so easy. It's so convenient. I am in full-fledged. I want anyone that doesn't have one to get one. I'm a devout member now. So is this new? Like, have you not had one before now? I was hesitant before. I You've was, never I was pro- had a Crock-Pot? Not until I moved to Utah now. Oh, my gosh. I was pro-Crock-Pot. Where have you been? Yeah, I'm in. I'm fully in on Dude, this. Dude, crockpots are the best. I agree. I told you I was late on it, but the problem Ugh. is, it's a, it's gonna be a gateway cold. Well, yeah, but like you've had it for a minute. Yeah, but I was hesitant. I didn't want to talk about it. It's now wintertime, especially. Yeah. Soups. Yes. Just meat. Just anything at all. Just in. Set it. Forget it. Come home. Hot. Warm. Great. Mm, best. I'm in. I'm full devout devout member now. Problem is, it's a gateway cold because now I'm gonna be like air fryer. Maybe. See, I haven't, pot? Mm. I haven't gotten an air fryer yet. And that's up in the air for me. I don't know if I'm going to get one or not. All jokes aside, I'm probably going to get one eventually. People that own air fryers are a part of a cult. Dude. As fun as this is, they are 100% part See, of a cult. That's the thing. That's what everybody was thinking about with the Instant Pots, too, because I love my Instant Pot. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Maybe I reached a new level of adulthood and certain words actually registered in my brain. I right. don't remember anyone ever. T- well, sorry. I don't remember anybody outside of Bacall and Producer Butters talking about their Instant Pots the same way that the internet talks about air fryers. Dude, the Instant Pot. I mean, you must have been under a rock. Probably. Because that was why I bought mine. I was under a crockpot rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the question becomes, what are you part of that seems cult-like because everybody's about it, right? Dude, I'm going with, I really want to go get an espresso machine, and I feel like that would end up being mine. So is espresso, would it be its no, own? No, espresso, not espresso. Whatever. Espresso, is it part of, a, is, would it be its own cult or is it an offshoot of coffee? Um, I think kind of, I guess, both. I don't really know because for, for like the espresso machine itself, I want to get like the foamer and the frother and the whole Shebang. Look, that's all I can think about she right now. To, she wants to ascend to the management level of the cult. 
Mm, I, I just want to be able to make my own coffee. See, I feel like there's different umbrellas under the coffee realm because you got the French press, pre, French press oh. guys, and then you got yeah, I, the I, the people who yeah. yeah so I had a college best friend. So would it shock you if I told you super snooty guy who thought he was better than everybody else? Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like there's there's a different uh, dif- different umbrellas underneath that. So I don't know where espresso machine lies. Uh, for me, it's just I want to be able to make my coffee at home. I live 30 minutes away from town, so I don't want to have to drive in when I want a coffee and then drive back home to enjoy my coffee on my couch. What? What are you part of? I feel like there's something in tools... Just foreign language to me, so I'm never going to understand it. But I feel like there's something in tools or whatever. Cars, there's got to be something. There's people oh, yeah. that swear by a certain brand. What what, what are you part of that feels cultish? Because I'm part of the crock. I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm gonna, if you don't have one, I'm going to just recommend get a crock pot. I'm sure everybody has one at this point, but I'm still going to recommend it. Yep. 68255, the number to text. Start your text with VFX. As we head into this holiday season, up first is, of course, Halloween. The question becomes, when it comes to certain types of holiday movies... Would you rather be safe and surrounded by enemies or in danger but surrounded by friends? Mm. Halloween movies, uh, Hallmark movies. We already did this one. We both, uh, wait, take that back. I think you picked Hallmark, I picked Halloween. Mm-hmm. Now, when the company changes, does your answer change? AJ McCall on VFX because, you know, in the Hallmark movie, there's like one jerk, everybody else is nice, it works out in the end, right? Mm-hmm. In the Halloween movie, you got a bunch of friends, and then nobody makes it through the end for the most part. Right. So, would you rather be in a Hallmark movie, a rom-com, with your enemies, or a horror movie, but surrounded by friends? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. Because, sure, it would be enjoyable, but then I'd have to watch everybody around me die, because that's how horror movies work. Yeah. So... I think I'm probably going to go with the um, enemies in rom-com because at least I can be cynical and sarcastic. The question is, which role do you get in the rom-com? Because the, the, the Obviously, logi- I'm a main character. Because <laughs> the logical solution you come to is like, yeah, it'd be great to be surrounded by my friends, but I'm not going to make it through the movie with all of them because that's just not going to how it works. On top of that, it also depends on how resourceful you and your friends are because you you know it could be one of the movies where only the main character makes it out or a few of you. In which case, I mean, where, where are you cutting the line? And we're like, here's where the cut is. I hope that at least you three make it. It's pretty tough to subject all your friends to be like, hey, so I had the choice to be in a rom-com with a bunch of people I didn't like, but I was like, hey, we could take Jason. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> but if you're surrounded by rom, if you're in the rom-com surrounded by enemies, wouldn't that mean that you're the uh, antagonist? Like the you're the the big city love interest or whatever that. Really, honestly, more often than not, isn't a huge jerk. It's just magically so-and-so goes back to their hometown and the pumpkin farmer just happens to be really great and they work it out. Yeah. I I, want to pick the horror movie. I want to be surrounded by my friends. I really do. But I also want to still have my friends when all is said and done. The question is, would it get more on your nerves to be in the rom-com for all eternity? Like, if this was your life from hence therefore, you were always the bad guy because it would seem like if, if you're surrounded by your enemies, you're not the good guy. You could still be a main character, though, in the rom-com. Are you still – that still suffice? Yeah, I think so. Look, you're gonna have to. You're gonna be going through life, and then the people around you aren't gonna be your friends anyway. So, it's true. I mean, that just leads more to what you said about being able to be cynical and sarcastic. Yeah. Oh, let me guess. He's 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 a pumpkin farmer from South Dakota. Oh no, what he raises little bushes down in Arkansas. I would have never guessed. Yep. 
oh, this isn't going to work out. All right, let me move to another city and start this whole story over again. Yep. Though it never says what happens at the end of the round. Maybe that, maybe so-and-so antagonist finds somebody and they're really happy about it. Maybe. I don't want to. I don't want to take the horror. I'll take the rom com, even though I know I'm going to hate it for all eternity. It's going to be the absolute worst. But I, I, I can't subject the people I care about mm-hmm. <laughs> to not make it through a horror movie. Which would you pick? Is it is it enough? Is it enough of an annoyance to get you pushed out of the rom com into the horror movie? Would you rather be in a uh, rom com surrounded by enemies or in a horror movie but surrounded by friends? Make your pick uh, for the uh, poll of the day up at our Instagram, Utah's VFX. The housing market is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if there's a house that somehow goes up for sale for $236 all over it, I don't care what it is. I'm a real estate owner now. I got that. <laughs> Perfect. $236. I don't think it, it doesn't matter what shape the house is in. Done. AJ McCall at VFX, how could you pass that up? Unfortunately, for one uh, f- a family in Mississippi, they received the notice that their house was sold for $236. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> apparently, what had happened was they built the house on the wrong lot. The uh, builders did. Oh, no. So the builder that sold the house, the company stopped paying taxes. And uh, however, uh, someone was paying taxes on the imaginary house next door. Oh, my gosh. So due to that mix up, they were like, well, this, this isn't supposed to be here. Mm hmm. $236, gone. Somebody probably wasn't paying their taxes on that lot. So then it went up for auction. Oh, my gosh. It has not been resolved. Fingers crossed that it gets sorted I out. Because, yeah. I don't know how you can wow. even solve that problem. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. There is a house in my, I, I don't know. I'm sure at this point uh, it's worth like $50,000. But there is a house in my hometown that is, it's it's a glorified tool shed. Okay. It is legitimately, it looks like it's the size of this studio. Okay. It, it's in near, it was near one of my parents' old neighborhood. And I was like, how did that get built? Who lived? Like, I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of get it, you know, having being out in the housing market myself or at least experiencing it after going through it, searching, be like, what? Pass. But like, I just, I was always blown away the, by the fact that there was a house there. It's legitimately, like our studio is, I'm terrible with distances, what? I don't know. 10, 12 by 12. I don't oh, know. it's more than that, but maybe 12, maybe 15, maybe. Yeah, that size. That's the size Ish. of the house. Stairs were up, there's a mailbox, there's a door and everything, and it always blew me away. But man, I could not imagine, like, like <laughs> my car's a piece. I got a notification. It's been sold for $236. Big. I'm kind of not happy about that. I mean, get a house built, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, cool, your house is built. We sold it. $236. We sold it. Sorry. There you go. It's not a cover, a nice meal. Enjoy. <laughs> that would be so rough. Uh, you know, the nice thing about small houses, I would I would guess, uh, they're easier to clean, right? But that doesn't mean you shouldn't always try and find shortcuts, though. Not always the best. I got to tell you, someone in, uh, in college specifically, mm-hmm. Febreze, your best friend ever. Oh, good. Not good, but it's your best friend ever. Okay. Shortcut seems like it sounds like such a bad word when you talk about cleaning stuff up, but I mean, if it works, then it works. Yeah. AJ and McCall on VFX. Now, shocker that uh, the younger you are, the less likely you are to enjoy cleaning. Yeah. Weird. But, but I believe it was uh, Bill Gates who said, show me someone who's lazy. They'll figure out how to do the task faster. Yes. And, you know, if you uh, find a couple shortcuts and it works, it works. The number one cleaning shortcut. And this, this 
this one annoys me a little bit, but the number one cleaning shortcut is using an air freshener or candle to cover up a smell. Okay. And, and if you're covering up a smell, yes, it's a shortcut because you're probably not cleaning from the source. But Correct. also, like, sometimes you just, it's stale. You got to open a window. You got to just let things air out. Not say, you know, you skip the first part. You probably got to take out the trash or clean this thing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on, like, that's. A little generalization. Like, I agree that happens. When I was in college, Febreze, best friend. Right. Got to clean something, Febreze it. More than one occasion. I'm just going to Febreze these pants, air them out for a second. They're going to be good to go. I can wear them another day. Okay. Mm, uh, another shortcut that I think applies way too much in my life that I admit that does is wiping down is not the same thing as cleaning off. No, it's not. You wipe off the counters, wipe off the stovetop. It looks nice. Yeah, but then you touch it and it's got stuff on it and then you got to wash it. Probably ought to, ought, to, ought to use the spray, ought to use uh, something. some kind of something to actually, rag. actually clean it. Yeah. Actually clean mm-hmm. it. But uh, the 72% of people, by the way, do acknowledge that their cleaning routine has improved if they've gotten older. Oh, good. So That's good. question is for uh, the number one cleaner in the AJ McCall show, and it's not even a close contest, what is your shortcut? What's the one shortcut you take? Um... I don't know. I hire somebody to come and clean my house. Yeah, you have to worry about it. Um, no, I I have like sucked at cleaning lately. I have been so bad with it. It's just just life's gotten busy and so things have been busy and crazy and so it's been uh just I don't think about it until Thursday when my friend Shasta comes over and then I'm like, Thank you for your help. Goodbye. Number one shortcut. You don't actually have to put clothes away. Clean them. You can set them out. You wear them. They go. Just start the cycle over again. You skip a whole step. You don't have to spend all that time folding away. That's your shortcut. <laughs> oh, there was a message got sent to us as we go to couples court because uh, there's been a change in behavior. Okay. And a drastic change leads to at least questions of what has become of this. Why is this the case? So is it suspicious, or do you just acknowledge a positive change and be happy and build on it with the relationship going forward? Oh, boy, is it to catch a cheater or just a little bit of relationship advice to start the Automatrix Group debate at VFX? Hey, AJ McCall, I have never seen a romantic side of my husband. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who typically hates Valentine's Day. He's never been overly affectionate till now. Lately, he's buying me flowers. He holds my hands uh, or holds, holds my hand while we watch TV. He's just been so affectionate and attentive. He's changed so much in the last five months, I don't even recognize him. This is a man I've been married to for 20 years. I told my friends about this, and they think he's cheating. They also notice he's grown a beard, which is brand new. They think that's a red flag. Can a man change after being cold, so cold, uh, her words, so cold for so long? Yes. I think so, too. Like, I don't want to write off, like, the blanket statement, but doesn't the caveat of, like, last year was, like, a super weird year kind of yeah. give a lot of leeway to a lot of things? I mean, I think it does, but I also think that... It's a little interesting. Um, Is growing a beard a red flag? Not really. I don't think so. Maybe just maybe what it comes down to, because I feel like, I mean, over the last five months for myself has been super transformative, but I feel like for me, therapy has been a huge part of it. Uh, Being able to actually accept who I am, how I am has been a huge part of it. And maybe that's something that's happened with him. Maybe he's had some kind of a, I don't know if spiritual awakening is the right word for it, but like something that's come up that's like, oh, hey, life is really short and I am wasting moments 
in not being affectionate or in not doing these things. And so maybe it's maybe it's that. Maybe he had some kind of a realization. Maybe he's meditating and you don't know it. I don't know. I don't know. Or, you know, I guess that's a, just a conversation that you need to be having because after X amount of years married, maybe you should, like, I don't know, be doing that. Um, For me personally, from the guy perspective, I think that uh, sometimes there's just something that goes off occasionally. Like, um, ironically enough, I feel like I've had a similar conversation in my life, and the explanation was just simply because I changed. There wasn't anything that set it off. I think this year, this last year was weird. There's a lot of mental taxation, and then maybe just moving past something altered the way you view things. For me, myself, it was just, girlfriend is great. Need to let her know she's great. That was the extent of it. Um, There wasn't anything that really triggered it because I've been asked about it. I was like, nothing. Nothing has happened. Nothing is different. My routine has not changed. not doing anything different. Just the way that apparently the wires are crossed now that makes it normal, and I think that... I think people run hot and cold at sometimes too. You get bogged down at work, you internalize some stuff, whatever it is, and you just have stretches. Now, this is 20-year marriage. I'm just saying in general that I think there's hot and colds you can run through. But in this case, I I choose to believe so. Um, I think that if it was cheating, wouldn't there be something, I don't know, a little bit suspicious about it as opposed to just acts that seem to be be done being done on second nature without a second thought? Yeah, I think so. I mean, don't don't uh, don't discount the fact that maybe just maybe friends or somebody family was like, "Hey, bro, uh, how's that going?" Like, kind of was around you guys recently, and maybe just maybe like, I don't know, show you love a little bit more. Just, just paying attention, just saw some stuff. I'm just, just asking about it. Always an impact too. People close to you can get through occasionally at times that stuff that we don't want to talk about to ourselves. Uh, speaking of people close to you, apparently, people admitted that they have a sibling rivalry. And the context of this is really interesting to me because I think it depends on how you define rivalry because isn't that kind of the point of the people you surround yourself with? Not in a negative way so much, but in the idea to surround yourself with people that push you to challenge you. By nature being siblings, doesn't that mean that there's already some kind of a rivalry? Right? Yeah. AJ McCaw at VFX for the Automatrix Group debated eight. The question is, I guess, how do you contextualize your rivalry and how do you deal with that? Because... I'm old as four, McCall's old as four, and I would say with my siblings, is there a rivalry? Yeah, 100% there is. Is it negative? I would say not. In my brother and I's experience, I think there's hiccups in dealing with the relationship occasionally about, uh, you know, treatment or whatever. But for the most part, I think we acknowledged from the beginning we were always going to push each other to do better. We did a lot of the similar things in high school, and we brag about them. I finished higher in the class. His GPA's higher. We brag. We give each other crap about that. We both were in marching band. His had the best state finish than mine, so we talked about that. But... It was never anything that was detrimental, and I think it's how, not to say that the other person cannot make it toxic, but I think it's just how you perceive it. Yeah. Like, my sisters, I think they're they're closer in age. Me and my brother are three and a half years apart. My sisters are a year and a half apart. There, I think, is a little bit closer. It's got a little bit more, I don't want to say toxic, a little bit more... Feelings might have got hurt a little bit more often. Uh-huh. But I think it's just because they were so close in age-wise... There's just natural things you're going through emotionally that you try and sort out as you figure out your place in the world. Everybody goes through that awkward teenage phase. For sure. Where you try and validate and figure out your own place in the world and all that. But they're tight. They're as tight as my brother and I now. And so rivalry to me is not a bad thing. But I feel like in this survey, it said 17% of people admitted they felt a rivalry with their siblings at every stage of their lives. And again, it can be bad, but I don't think rivalry is a bad thing. I think ideally... 
You want people to push you. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you. I think there's one thing to have it be uh, challenge you, and then it's another thing completely to have it be um, seen as rivalry because there's more insecurity that comes up as far as that goes rather than uh, like a healthy pushing. I mean, that's a fair point. Some of the stuff that it talked about, so like housing success is a one of the big ones. Uh, career success is number one. Uh, other things include sports skills, cooking skills, parenting skills, who drives the best car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that one I think is where if they are rude and rub it in your face, yes, on them. But th- all of those things also sound to me like uh, basically the same issues you run into with social media. Well, yeah. I, I feel like with that, though, I mean – if somebody's rubbing it in your face, that's on them. That's their own insecurity with stuff because it's like, seriously, the housing things, the success in jobs, the success in whatever, who defines success? I mean, at the end of the day, you're the only one that can define success for your own self and you can't really define success for other people. That's not on you. That's not your responsibility. So I feel like uh, sibling rivalry-ish just turns more into... I mean, if you'd boil it down all the way, it just turns into like their insecurity on you instead, like projected. That's what I'm saying. I think it's the social media thing because like if you let that stuff get to you or frankly, if it's not even where they're rubbing it in, I think it's the social media thing where you're looking and go, oh, I want that, but I don't have that. Where ultimately it's like my brother and I are completely different paths. My brother works in the medical field and he does great. And that's great. Done work for me. He's having success and proud of him. I get to do the creative thing. I think ultimately you gotta. You're not gonna be happy, like McCall said, unless you're happy with what you're doing. Right. So like it doesn't matter because even uh, like if you are upset with whatever you're doing, even if you switch places with someone, you'll probably find another reason to be upset if you can't find pride or happiness or define your own success in that realm. And so like that's what I'm saying. Like I think contextually it just depends on how you define rivalry because to me again the point of finding success would be putting people around you that challenge you to push you further and further, but also security, your self-security would be a great point as well. Because you got to find, you know, at the end of the day, your happiness can be determined by you. And McCall said. Yeah. Automatrix Group debated eight on VFX. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I need to ask about this because a friend of mine was posting just some innocuous question on Facebook. You know how people are like, hey, where's the best, uh, uh, you know, mechanic or whatever, right? One of those. Mm-hmm. Had to do with firewood. Apparently, it blew up his social media, and I refuse to accept that this is this is an argument that's even worth having. But as I claim, outdoors me, no idea. How do you stack your wood? So get this: a friend of mine, I guess, ordered a big old pile of firewood. Okay. And uh, apparently, had a mishap last year. Same time, just didn't take care of it. Got damp, got ruined, couldn't use it. Mm-hmm. AJ McCall at VFX. So of course, he did what everybody does and Googled it to figure it out. And come to find out that the people take this stuff really, really, really seriously. So then, as a joke, uh-huh. posted it and thought, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> like, how does this go? Like, Because apparently there's a big argument. No idea. I'm claiming complete ignorance on this, so we're all clear. Whether you stack the bark facing up or the bark facing down. So, oh. posted on Facebook. Just thought it was super funny just to all the people arguing about it on the internet, only for Facebook to start arguing of about course. it. I mean, Facebook doesn't really need much push True. to get any sort of argument. I mean, a little spark, and, <laughs> pun intended. Um, so, I was like, okay, no. And then he showed me. I was like, really? So, I was like, all right, fine. I will go ask the resident outdoors consultant that I have in my <laughs> life. 
Is it is it really that big a debate whether you stack bark up or down? I think it just depends on how you have it cut. I mean, if it's like spliced, I mean, it makes sense because of the way that the the bark would round out and so it would hold the water in that little U-shaped trough that the bark would create. Right. So, I mean, I would think that you would want to stack it bark side up, but I don't freaking know. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, bark is created to protect itself from the from the outer outer world. Right. Right. The elements and stuff. It's already there. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. So that I feel tracks. like if that were to go up, then yes, but I don't know. I don't care. Like put a put a tarp over it, buddy, and call it good. That's then act- nobody actually uh, has to know what's going on. Unfortunately, that's what he did the year before. Apparently, he just didn't put the tarp on very well, and then the wood got wet. And so got, tarp. <laughs> maybe Get a that's second the case. one. Double maybe tarp it. Because the, the other thing he was talking about too is he's like he's like oh, I heard you and McCall talking all the time, especially McCall about you know her her. Uh, neighborhood being small and stuff or uh-huh. whatever, and we always make jokes about it. He's like, he's like, are my neighbors judging me? Because this was dropped off in my driveway and it was parked in whatever way it was. So my neighbors looking at me like that idiot is is doing it wood side up or bark side down. I don't even know. Look, bud, I hate to break it to you. Yes, but you've been judged <laughs> yeah. for other things. So you're probably also being judged for the way that your Halloween decorations are set up or not set up oh, or true. the way that they should be set up. I mean. It is what it is, you know? How do you want to stack your bark? How do you want to stack your wood? Just out of the way, honestly, would be my well, answer. But could, if that's how you want it, do it. Could you imagine, though, like someone someone on the internet, whether it was the ones he Googled or someone that blew up his Facebook, like going home and they're having dinner or whatever. I mean, honey, how was your day? He's like, oh, oh, let me tell you, this idiot. You know what's funny? <laughs> because I've been there. I've been that person that's like, oh, my gosh, you'll never believe what I saw on Facebook. Well, I mean, this is one thing to say. Person. It's one thing to say you saw it. It's another thing to be that guy that was like, "Oh, so I commented and I set him straight." Like, what did he get wrong? Oh, it was it was how to stack wood. That's the hill you wanted to die on. Like yeah. that was the one you exerted that amount of effort. What does it matter if it stays dry and it works? Great. That's all that matters. Put it in a Ziploc bag for all anybody cares. Oh man, but there's so many plastic bags then. Yes. De- that's a dead environment. Joke. Joke. Uh, not wasting the wood or the plastic uh, would be a great way to not waste money, right? Right. Uh, frankly, I think if I had to give a number one tip, make sure you check your fridge regularly. But list of tips was put out nonetheless because throwing out food just hurts. It yeah. hurts my soul. Right to the right to the heart. Every time. Good way to save money is not to throw it away. That would be a great start. Yeah. Uh, check check the fridge. Please check the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> AJ McCall on VFX. Actually, I ran into one of McCall's, uh, I don't want to say it's common issues, but one of her pillars of how to save money recently. If you sign up for a free trial of something, make sure that if you don't want to continue it, you go back and cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> because we had this conversation a little bit during the after show on Monday because I signed up for... Um, a streaming service because there's 10 million, right? Shocker. I signed up for one. Right. I, I got a seven-day free trial. And then randomly we started having the discussion because Producer Butter is all about Squid Games. He said, it's awesome. Everybody should watch it. And so then we started talking about streaming service. Which ones do you have? What shows do you want to see? What's on this? And I was like, oh, I said, oh, crap. I never canceled that. Luckily, I was able to get out of it. But if you're going to just, just just remember, just remember if you sign up for a free trial, to, 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 to double check. 
Because that's how they get you. Be like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a free trial. And then when you don't pay attention, one year, $100, boom, done. Ugh. Actually, frankly, streaming services is probably a good point at this at this point, a good place to look at this point to save some money as well. Because, like, initially, right, the, the, the whole thing was cut out cable, right? You're going to be able right. to get off cable. You're going to have streaming services. And then... And then, and then there was like three of them, and now there's like three thousand of them. And is it really cheaper than cable anymore? No, it's not. Because if you want to watch this, then ex- exclusively on this service. But if you want to watch this spinoff season, RuPaul, I'm looking at you. <laughs> okay, um, you have to get this other streaming service to be able to watch it. It's ru- it ruins my life. Ruins my entire life. I mean, that's how it goes, right? Like they, it, it takes like one show, one maybe. Yeah, one show, and they. Suck you in. Yep. And it's true. It. It's like the like Apple TV for what it's worth actually looks like it has a couple of shows. I don't have it, not paid for it, whatever. Like the morning show looks good. Um what it's the really was, good. It, was it the one with uh, Ted Lasso. Jason, yeah, Ted Lasso is obviously huge. Mm-hmm. The one with Jason Momoa, C or Blind or whatever it is, mm-hmm. looks good. Mm-hmm. So that one, like you know what's gonna happen though. I'm gonna move over there and I'm gonna I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm gonna like it. And then all of a sudden, like I'll ditch Hulu or whatever, and then Hulu will ha- come up with something and I'm like Ugh. <laughs> Why? Streaming services, just stop. Frankly, our golden idea was if they could come up with a smorgasbord plan, mm-hmm. like a little buffet on them, where you're like, look, I just want to pick one show. Just give me access to one show from one streaming service, and I won't watch anything else they have. And that's all I need. Just, just the, the one. one. Just that one. I'm still I'm still paying for it, sort of, in a fractional share. Because mm-hmm. it's... Ugh. Just too many streaming services. I know. <laughs> too many. I know. And it's terrible. <sighs> what did we decide the best one was? Did we ever end up? That was that. That's where the conversation ultimately ended. Yeah. I don't think that we ended up and figuring I, it out. Couldn't figure it out. Because it's really difficult because I really like, I don't know, Paramount's really nice. But then yeah, it's yeah, the thing that sucks good. about Paramount is that I got Paramount so that I could watch like RuPaul's Drag Race, All Stars, and that was where it was exclusively at. And so then I got it and I was like, oh, if I get this, then I can watch Yellowstone because it's on the Paramount network. But right. no, you can't. You can only watch it on Peacock because for the last, I don't know why, it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Why are you streaming it on, why are you on the Paramount network if you're not going to be freaking showing it on the Paramount Plus network? Just, I don't understand. The streaming service got a handshake agreement under the table, McCall, just to suck you into as many as possible. Look, Kevin Costner, I love you. Okay. Figure it out. Figure it out, please. Let me love you. I just want to watch Yellowstone. (laughs) Oh, gosh. VFX's Facebook roulette. What meme, what inspirational quote, what funny video have you shared that we're like, yep, we got to get that on the VFX Facebook page. AJ Knight, McCall Taylor, if you're friends with us on Facebook, could be your post. We share... We'll call what he got. Well, I landed on my friend Cody's post, and it's a picture of Adam Sandler and his kids, because Adam Sandler is, you know, everybody, really. It's true. And the caption says, I'd be like, I can't wait for fall fits, and then I fall comes and I dress like this. <laughs> because Adam Sandler is notorious for dressing in whatever he wants to wear whenever he wants to wear it. It's true. So Very comfortable individual. Yeah, that's what I landed on. I land my friend Patrick. He shared a tweet. Says, me, I don't want to do many, or excuse me, me, I want to do many things today. Brain, you can pick one. Me, hmm, no, no, I'm fairly certain if I just manage my time responsibly, I could do all three things. Brain, you know what? Now we're not going to do any of them. Me, wait, no, no, no. Yep. That's that's how it works. You can win. The AJ Knight, the McCall Taylor, find and add us across all social media. Be careful. It got quite foggy out this morning. Yeah. Did you see the picture of the uh, sunrise that our very own Craig Hislop 
caught. I did. It is the prettiest photo I have ever seen, and I think the fog had something to do with it. That could be true. It's very pretty. Uh, otherwise, be safe out there, and uh, make sure if you haven't found, uh, if you missed or haven't found the podcast, search for AJ McCall anywhere podcasts are, like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. It's all there. And then uh, make sure you vote for Parknarks. Utah's VFX pinned at the top of our Facebook page. So until tomorrow for the AJ McCall Show. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.